are watching a master at work. Welcome, welcome. Yes, sir. Here we are. Man, that intro gets me so hyped every time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, man. Actually, I want to start today's show by shouting out my man Marvin from Bravely Studio here in Clifton, New Jersey. Bravery, bravery, yeah. Yo, we want to give him a shout out and want to thank him. For, uh, if you got if you got a podcast and you want to get it out there, you got to come over here and holler at my man Marvin from Bravery Studios in Clifton, New Jersey. Great guy, professional service, just really, really good people. So shout out. Let me get a hand clap for Bravely. Bravery, yeah. <laughs> I like that. See, I got to get one of them. I need that. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Behind the uh, Hidden Figures, Behind the Numbers with the Restaurant Scientist. My name is Jason Wallace, and I want to start also by thanking my sponsors, because without my sponsors, none of this gets paid for. I want to thank Cornerstone Business Labs, Cornerstone Productions. And Cornerstone Media, give them a shout out. Thank you very much for your support. And hopefully they will continue to fund this show going into 2021. So without any further ado, today's episode, I want to introduce a friend, a colleague, and a mentor. He's kind of a mentor to me. He doesn't know this, but uh, I, I, I admire his tenacity particularly when it comes to health and wellness and his ability to cook. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been a problem and it's going to continue to be an issue that we need to address within the black community in terms of health and wellness. And Chef Kenny Miner and Kenny Miner's hey. brand um, is, is, is doing that. So I want to welcome Chef Kenny Miner to the show. Hey, Jason. <sighs> It's always a pleasure to see you. Oh, let me just tell y'all, Kenny, Kenny's also a talented singer, and hopefully he'll bless us with, uh, you know, with, with some of his vocals today. I forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. Maybe we need to pull up a track or something for him to sing over top of. But uh, this guy, when I say this brother can sing, like, he can sing. Like, he got pipes. Like, real, real singing taste. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Good morning to you, to everybody who's listening. Well, thank you for coming on my show. I know you're a very busy man. I see you all over Facebook and Instagram and New York. You know, we run into each other quite often in New York City. So I know you're a very busy gentleman. So, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Yeah. So tell my, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, who, where you come from. Um, you know, who, who is Chef Kenny Miner? Who is Chef Kitty Miner? Uh, thanks for letting me be on here again. I am, look, I'm, I'm a chef originally from Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, grew up and I've been in New York for 17 years. Grew up in a big Southern church family where food is how we celebrated love, is how we got together, is how we connected. And so my grandmother uh, set me down at six years old with a brown paper bag and uh, say, break up this bread, boy, if you're going to be in this kitchen. <laughs> and um, I broke up the bread that later went on in the turkey for the turkey dressing, for celery dressing. It. And it was the first time my hands touched the ingredients. And then later, Jason, seeing those ingredients bring people together, like my uncles and my aunts in, in, in good time. And I think food made its impression on me right then and there. Um, all that good Southern food is all good, but I also gained like, 85 pounds eating that food. <laughs> right. Come on. Right. Yeah, <laughs> because it's good and it's soulful and I can cook it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's not necessarily the food you want to look to feed you for the for your life. And right. so right. I had to forge my own relationship with food. Um, and New York was a big part of that. Coming here, okay. taking in a culinary scene, seeing where my place in it as a black man okay. fit, and then carving my way out of that and then losing the weight. And uh, I've kept the weight off. Oh, about 15 years now. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. So talk to me yeah. about the culinary journey. How did that start? Um, we met at culinary while you was at culinary school, correct? Yeah, you can go ahead and chime that <laughs> in. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and put it out there. I, I actually, Jason, was, 
Jason was my teacher. What do you teach me, Jason? You taught me um, at culinary school, the um, Art Institute. You taught me design and layout. Yeah. And you taught me uh, restaurant management. I believe those are two courses. Yeah, okay. And uh, going back to you, uh, something that I, I stopped doing a little while ago, but I believe success drops clues. Mm -hmm. And I watched you come into the classroom. You will have your restaurant industry uh, magazine. Mm -hmm. And I walked over to you in between class and I was like, what is this magazine? He was like, oh, this is a restaurant, this is a, a, a magazine that lays out what all Darden restaurants, all the guys are doing, what the latest trends are, da, da, da. And I subscribed to that magazine that same day. So I want to thank you for that because that was the spark wow. uh, beyond what you were teaching us in the class that I was like, okay, thank I'm going to watch what this guy's doing because <laughs> he seems to know what he's, what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thank you. I taught for so long. I've been in education for little, now 17 years, but Great I taught teacher. I taught at the Art Institute, which was originally the New York Restaurant School for 13 of those years. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've always been about economics. You know what I mean? And that's really when I came out of the Culinary Institute of America, went to France, did that whole apprenticeship in France, came back United States thing. Um, then I got woken up to, okay, you know, your food could be really good. If it's not profitable, it doesn't matter. There you go. <laughs> so then, I think he even said that in class, to be honest. So, you know, for me, it turned to, okay, there's a lot of chefs out here, a lot of brothers cooking, um, and I've always had that entrepreneurial fire burning in my belly. So for me, then I always wanted to bring that into the classroom, and it's still a part of my fiber of my brand today because at the end of the day, it's about economics in America. And, you know, really, how do you build wealth? So going back to uh, your situation in culinary school, well, you know, talk, tell me about that journey after you got out of school. What was your vision and your plan? I know at one point we had even talked about, like, I was going to manage you. And, you know, that timing just didn't work for either of us. Um, right. But, you know, let's, let's talk about, like, what was your journey? And give me a time frame. Uh, what was it? That gotcha. was early 2000s? When yeah, early 2000. We're talking like 2008. Eight, I graduated okay. in 2008. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. I got a culinary degree. Uh, uh, I have a bachelor's in culinary management. And um, and then I'm an associate in um, culinary arts. So that was very important to me to get the, not only, you know, I think there I've met a lot of great chefs out there who can cook. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that paper makes the difference. Mm -hmm. The education makes a difference. It puts you in different rooms. Um, to, to keep it 100, it got me to you. Mm -hmm. And thus, we've worked on other projects to you. So I don't ever, if anybody's out there who's thinking about going to culinary school, if it's worth it, I promise you it is. It is worth it. Um, and so I found that out in real time. My past history, I was a patient accounts manager over a neurology practice. Um, in Washington, D.C. for a larger neurology practice. So at 28, I'm managing 200 people, call center. I'm managing a doctor's credentialing. I'm managing hospital administration um, contracts. So I was doing that at 28 years old. And so my shift coming over to restaurant manager, my thought was um, I did a talent show because, as you say, I sing. And I've always had this idea of sort of like having um, – uh, what do you call it? like there's a, a place in DC called Blues Alley mm -hmm. or the House of Blues where music and food comes together and that was the vision that I had and I did I was doing a talent show and some friends came up to me was like great show Kenny uh, live show band the whole thing but we waited 45 minutes for our wings mm. and I remember saying to myself because I wasn't thinking about culinary school I'll be honest with you I was not um, and then it hit me, I need to control the food. Mm -hmm. If I can't control the food, then me up on stage with all my singers and all this goodness doesn't matter. And that was the spark. I was like, all right, I'll go to culinary school and I'll manage because mm -hmm. I'll, those skills are saying um, they're transferable. Mm -hmm. So I'll just do that. And then the food bug bit me. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going yeah. to cook now, yeah. you know. But the management, that piece of it, as you said, in the sense of knowing the numbers and not just being the creative force behind your brand, right. but also knowing the numbers has been true, has been, um, I would say, the key factor for my uh, sustaining myself as a chef for these past 10 years. Got you. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Numbers, numbers matter. <laughs> and numbers sometimes matter. numbers are the only thing that matters, which is, mm -hmm. you know, to show hidden figures because, you know, we try to attack it from resources, you know, in terms of human resources, what number of people do you need, as well as capital and other financial resources. So mm -hmm. now, OK, mm -hmm. you're in New York City, you graduate from culinary school, you have your degrees. What was your vision for Ken Miner at the time? 
and what was what did reality reveal to you between what you <laughs> thought and 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 the real world slapping you slapping you around a little bit it's a little bit it's, it's twofold because i i think jason if i had chose a traditional path which is go ahead start out as a sous chef mm-hmm. um work in a restaurant for 10 15 years make um you know sous chef and you know maybe probably a managing partner that 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 blueprint is written out kind of in the sense if you put your time in right. um some of those guys fought a lot of that 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 path and wound up doing catering on the side or, or doing something else for me um because I, and i just say this to a friend because i'm talented at a few things right it was hard for it was i was just allowing myself a few of those years at the culinary school just to figure out what am I good at? What right. is my flavor profile? What am I bringing to the market that's different? Right. Being here in New York City, you got amazing chefs, amazing restaurateurs. So you could actually kind of get lost in somebody else's path mm. about what you should be doing for yourself. Mm. Um, I had a moment uh, with myself, or two moments, and we're gonna come back to this because I know where, where, where you could be going later on, mm-hmm. which is I, um, I, I initially did move here to try to do the Broadway thing. And I did some off-Broadway stuff, did all my children like like the food came a little later okay but doing one of my auditions i went downstairs because you we got a break um between i would always make the stinging part but the dancing part i got two left feet i could never <laughs> make those auditions i would never make that part but i stayed and i went downstairs and there was a newsstand right there on 34th street and seven where everybody auditioned in that building mm-hmm. and i went downstairs to a newsstand and i picked up um uh, bon appetit magazine mm. that was the first time i bought it was the restaurant issue i still have that issue in my kitchen mm. and i opened it and it was something about it that drew me to it yeah um i didn't know what this was i honestly was didn't know what it was but now i know it was it was the, it was my calling it was right. god showing me this is it and i took this magazine i didn't make the audition that was for Miss Saigon. I didn't get it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I did grab when I went home was this magazine that I could not let go. And so what first drew me out to culinary school um, was my ability to food style. Mm. So I thought food styling was going to be the thing okay. because um, I I really enjoyed, like time goes away when I'm food styling and um, I'm really good at food styling. So I was like, you know where I work for a couple of magazines yeah. and I would style my own food and see where that and see where that goes. And I tried a little bit of things, did bartending, did the um, uh, food styling, of course, started my own catering company in 2015. Right. And that was profitable. But what I'm really, really good at, and this came to me during COVID, um, actually even before COVID, as you say, um, I'm good in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. And I really didn't understand the value of that. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't quote unquote getting the social media numbers that I wanted, like the other chefs were getting, and I don't compare myself. But what I was getting was constantly asked by uh, TV shows to come on. Okay. And 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 knew pretty quickly that all of that um, stage energy, all that performance energy, served me well as a chef. Right. And that 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 was my calling, that my ability to share our stories, African-Americans, my grandmother's story, our food stories, and then, you know, hit them with the health information and putting that in an informing, entertaining kind of way is what set me apart from other chefs. Okay. And that is what I'm enjoying now. Yeah. OK, so let me uh, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back a little bit because I want to ask you go a couple back. of questions. I want to ask you uh-huh. a question about, OK, that food style in world, that's a world that is 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 verily open to to blacks right so when you were when you were pursuing that avenue was it just something that you didn't want to do or is it something that you felt like really doors weren't opening for you um talk to me a little bit about that good question um well initially how do you get into it yeah just ask yourself you know right how does how how, you know, so so I started out doing projects, you yeah. know, friends had cookbooks that they wanted to do and just just trying to be good at my craft. Yeah. You got to put what I, I had like 10,000 hours in, into something before you could really call yourself a professional. Yeah. And so I initially was just putting in that work. Right. I was putting in that work, uh, food styling, doing my own food styling. Um, I was doing my first website. And I was telling my buddy who was doing the site, I was like, oh, I got to get somebody to food style. He was like, why don't you do it yourself? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember our cookbook from school, but it was a book called On Cooking. On Cooking. And yeah, it's yeah, on, yeah. The, on Cooking. And on the cover is a little bit of rice that looked like it was done in, you know, a little baking thing. And there was some shrimp on top of it. And so I just recreated that. 
Got you. And when I look at that picture almost 10 years ago, you know, just like I was like, okay, my ability to replicate right. what I see right. is, is, is really good. Um, back into the business, um, I had auditions or opportunities with food and wine. You know, I had a buddy. You got to have good friends in good places. Yeah, so yeah, I had yeah, friends over at Condor Nash who, you know, got me in. But those guys, I, even when they walked me through the kitchen to kind of give me the tour, yeah, it was not a black person in that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gotcha. food testers, the food stylists, the photographers, right. the, the you know CEO, uh, the editor who was walking me through. Everybody yeah. was everybody was white. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I quickly learned that oh, okay, I may have to go a, another route. Not because of the whiteness of it, right. but because of almost almost as if it's, there's a doorkeeper, gatekeeper, yeah. and you're not really aware of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. We don't even know about those jobs. We don't know what they pay. We don't know what their hours of operations are. We don't know those job descriptions. So yeah, we 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 definitely uh, we definitely uh, don't don't know about those types of opportunities. So all right. So now you you said you 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 no longer you're doing some food styling and you're doing some catering, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and then so now take me to you know pre-COVID, Ken Miner. Mm -hmm. Versus mm -hmm. then then segue me into COVID can can minor because COVID is a you know it has made started, us all pivot. Uh, Go ahead. COVID has made us pivot and COVID has been a blessing so we get there in a sense. Okay. Um, business wise, but before that, you know, it was always impressed upon me. How do we make money? How do I make money? If I'm not going to do the traditional restaurant way, how do you make money? Right. And I can honestly say that New York City has made me a better hustler than I thought I possibly could be. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, from from going from bartending. Um, I went to bartending school, ABC bartending school. I like going to get education. You can't just read a book. I know yeah. some people do that, but I like to get educated. So I'm I went to bartending same. school. I'm the same. Way. <laughs> same and exactly. that sustained me for a while. So I'm bartending. But and then those skills were the same skills that I want later would charge people $250 for wine steward and for my <laughs> catering. So come right. on here. Right. So <laughs> they were, it was it was it was definitely worth it. Yeah, good investment. Um, return on that investment, it was a, no it, doubt. It definitely good return on investment. Right, and absolutely. so before that, so I I kind of did a mix of catering and speaking things. Uh, the community work really informed, I would say back in 2010, when I started my Eat for Life brand, mm -hmm. where I was going out into the community and teaching people. Now, Jason, I'm gonna be, I don't know if I've even said this on air. My intention with going out into the community and teaching was mm -hmm. not supposed to be the brand. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do fattening food and cheese and fried chicken and all of that, just like other people, because I wanted to make money as a caterer. Right. Um, and I decided, you know, coming from a church world and 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 my tie to to, to my um to my to God and to to purpose, I said, all right, I'll go teach at the YMCA in Harlem, mm -hmm. um, just for service. You know what I mean? Give mm -hmm. give something back to the community in which I'm living in. Mm -hmm. And I started teaching at the YMCA for about eight weeks, mm -hmm. uh, teaching kids how to eat healthy. Because I don't know if you know out there, um, if you're born after the year 2008, by the year 2030, all of those kids are going to be diabetics. Wow! It's not a question. It's not it's fact. Wow. Yeah. And then the black community. Wow. So those statistics, because I was one of those statistics, I was an overweight kid gotcha. you know, up until I was 28 years old. Right. And so food and that sensitivity was very important to me and I could connect to those kids. So I initially it's like, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and teach a couple of classes, do some smoothies and do my thing. Right. And uh, very quickly, I met this lady named Denise who had six kids. OK, mm -hmm. she was overweight. The kids were overweight. She was in my class and I did steamed broccoli. Mm -hmm. And I, there was that Denise raised her hand and she said, Chef, are you going to put some cheese on it? This happened in real time. And I was what? like, hey, Denise. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, you can put cheese. But today we just want to stick with the cooking preparation. I just want to get y'all steaming how to cook things healthy using fresh herbs. And she let me talk a little bit more. She raised her hand again mm -hmm. and she said, but aren't you going to put cheese on it? <laughs> And now I'm a little irritated because now you've messed up my protein shake flow and my thing. This is me just starting out in the real world at the culinary school. Right. And then it hit me uh, in her world. Her mother made broccoli. It had cheese on it. Had cheese on it. See, no, had cheese yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. how you make broccoli. Right. And I learned in very real time, Jason. Real. My heart still warms up when I talk about that. Mm -hmm. That our people who are so good and so talented and mm -hmm. so blessed and in so many ways. Our eating habits yeah. 
They shit. We eat like shit. Yeah, no, no, no. This we do. This is yeah. It's not a political correct show. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. do that. All right. Hell yeah, you can say shit. Jeff Kitty said shit. Yeah, it's bullshit. It like yeah, shit. no, it's, it's bullshit. Is what it is. <laughs> and it actually starts with the shopping. You know what I mean? But we, I'm gonna let you go. So go ahead. You know what I mean? So I knew that, and so it really dawned on me. Yes, numbers are great. Statistics are great about how we eat and telling people to eat two milligrams of this and drink this and everything. Yeah. But the way that what was facilitated in that room by the end of the eight weeks impressed upon me was like, okay, there's something here, Kitty. There is a work to do right. in our community around food and nutrition. Right. Right. And it seems like you got to peel that onion back too, because it's not just the cooking. Like I say, at then you, at what point did you also start to incorporate other services, wraparound services like, okay, grocery shopping you know what i mean how do you well budget you know what i mean and how do you get access to these things if you live in a food desert you know when you have multiple insecurity issues food insecurity issues where you can't even get fresh fruits and vegetables so yeah yeah this is before your whole foods this is before your push yeah you know for snacks and and vegetables yeah so it's a lot you're right yeah 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 so so wow so you learn that in real time so now you're figuring out how to basically educate um people from different ways and in different Mm -hmm. fashions so then Mm -hmm. what, what was next what was next was okay now how do we make money from this yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that now you, that's that Jason Wallace class again <laughs> no because what I realized is that there is money out there yeah. um you got some large programs here in New York yeah like um you know I started working for insurance companies I, I did for stuff with Blue Cross Blue Shield mm, okay. um and actually a full circle moment having come from that insurance world and now rolling that into the food right. because these organizations, Emblem Health was my biggest client, okay. you know? So throughout their whole Emblem Health community care program throughout New York, Brooklyn, Harlem, and even Queens and beyond, I did my Eat for Life um, seminars okay. through their program. And I taught there. And I was so proud of that. And it was the need because for those three years I was there, my classes were the highest attended classes there was waiting lists for my class and they had never seen that before so much so that the mayor's wife and uh the mayor's wife at the time it was an african-american guy i forget his name but his wife who was on the board of emblem health came down some people from headquarters came down because they wanted to see what i was doing that was making people want to sign up for a sign-up list and so then it kind of dawned on me like okay this is a this is a business model. Gotcha. This is a business model in the sense of how I pull the stories together. Right. I do my own information. I put it down in a way that um, these worksheets um, about basically at the core of my brand, Jason, um, is about belief. Yeah. What do you believe is possible mm-hmm. uh, beyond all of the stuff about you know drinking protein shakes, exercising for? Uh, four days a week for 30 to 90 minutes a day and all of that good advice about cooking. Mm-hmm. At the core of it, what I found is that people don't have a core belief system about food. Wow. That's pretty deep. Okay. Yeah. No, they don't have a core belief about food. We got wow. one about church. Yeah. I can tell you, you can tell me your pastor's favorite yeah. saying. You can tell me what the church motto is. Yeah. You can tell me what the um, core belief is at your job yeah. and what's expected of you as a supervisor job. But when I ask you about what do you believe about food, Wow. Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. No, nah, absolutely. You know, and that's universal. That's not just black people. That's universal. Wow. So there you go, trying to be in a process where you're trying to fight and lose weight against the enemy that you haven't even defined. Wow. Yeah, you got to identify you know? the problem before you can solve the problem. Hello. Yeah. Hello. And this is why so yeah. many diets, especially in African-American community, fail within, you know, New Year's is coming up. And so most people fail within the first 23 days. Right. And I will, I would attest that to, yes, it's hard. Eating hard during COVID right now is hard because we're so close proximity to the refrigerator. Right. Um, you know, kids are at home. Parents tend to eat whatever the kids are eating and, and, right. and fixing. The husband wants something different. So there's a lot of pressure centered around food, food yeah. that we don't even realize. And my brand and what I've been very now fine-tuning Right. creating a script for it now. Right. Uh, I didn't have a script before. It was all from my heart. Mm-hmm. There's a script for it in the sense of how we approach 
um, lifestyle and food and music and bringing it together as a brand. And that's what I've been building. That's now really, um, COVID really pushed it to the next level this year. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Wow. Wow. In terms of starting your brand, when you, when you launched, what, you know, where did you get the funding from? Did you go to a, a lending institution, a bank and, you know, borrow some money? Did you get investors? Did you use your own money? Talk to me about the numbers. <laughs> my mama my, my mama went into her 401k and gave me ten thousand dollars wow i'll never i would never forget i wouldn't i wouldn't would, i will always be grateful for that i always because, love my yeah, mama mama <laughs> wow and she continued to do that man and she helped me pay my rent here in new york when i was short and my mom told me something my mom is the reason why i went to culinary school let me do a mom plug because okay. I was doing the whole audition things and things weren't going well. And I was upset after this one audition. I really wanted it really badly. And my mom said, baby, won't you cook? And mm. I asked my mom today why she said that. And she cannot tell me why she said that. Mm. So I know that was God. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I remember crying. What do you mean cook? She was like, well, won't you cook, baby? You already do the macaroni and cheese in the family. And, that, and I was like, well, this, that's different from going to culinary school. So she planted that seed. She yeah. really did, uh, Jason. And I, and I thank her for that. The next thing she taught me when things were going really tight in my catering business, I mean, Jason, for a whole year, I wasn't getting any bites. You got to remember. Being a caterer in is is hard. Yeah. Being a caterer in New York City is almost impossible. Yeah. If you wanted to grow it to the next level. Right. So we can have a whole nother talk at how I grew my catering business. Right. Um, but is in, in that sense, and uh, I was on my way to Starbucks and one time it, and, and there was nothing coming in, and I was on my way to the gym. And my mom listened to me, bitch. Uh -huh. And she was like, Well, and I was like, Ma, I don't know, I might have to come back home to DC. Mm -hmm. And she said, Baby, let me ask you something. And I've been it, it impressed on me. She said, What? Then you just come out of Starbucks with a cup of coffee. I said, yeah. And I, she said, aren't you about to go to New York sports to go work out? Uh -huh. I said, yeah. She said, bro, baby, you're not broke. You need to break. <laughs> that's one for mama. That's yeah. That's some mama shit she right said, there. You're not broke. You need a break. Yeah, that's some mama And that shit right shifted there. everything about the, me complaining about my situation and my financial situation. Put your pen to paper right. and get the stuff down. You know, that's yeah. kind of where I am with that. No, so, yeah, absolutely. mama was that at first initial monies. And then, of course, you know, just some angels along the way has given me money because they believed in what I was doing through my brand. Yeah. Um, even my time on Food Network and all of these other, you know, Hallmark Channel and all these other shows I've been on, what has been the constant is good, some good folk saying, we see what you're doing. Right. It's needed in the community. Here's a hundred dollars here. Here's my organization here. Here's right. a gig here. All of that kind of sowing and reaping the benefits of my heart yeah. have is what sustained me. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. No, real no. Talk. I remember we run into each other quite often in this year because sometimes years would go by and we yeah. run into each other on the street and, you know, we would stand there and talk for an hour. <laughs> so it was always, you know, that I always saw you, you know, your passion and you were always, your energy was just always great and fabulous. And, um, you know, I knew you could cook because I tasted your sauces before. And, you know, mm -hmm. we had always, mm -hmm. you know, danced around us doing something together collectively. That's two dances, Jason. You get one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go. We got to do it. Just side note. Just yeah. side note. Just go ahead. <laughs> I think 2021, I think this is the beginning of, of, uh, of that third connection that's really going to, that's going to, that's going to stick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nah, nah. Because, um. You know, you're you're you good people's man. You good people's. Now, if everybody listening to that, my Jason story, Jason has uh, what I always look for, especially in black men is consistency. Mm. And Jason has been consistency, your consistency in restaurant, Thank who you. you partner with, who, you know, your talent set to go from managing them below a little smoke from, <laughs> from managing to actually designing a restaurant to implementation to opening. Yeah. That's a gift, man. Thank and you. everybody don't have that that skill set. So kudos yeah. to you so yeah, nah. i ain't gonna let you go even if it's just uh <laughs> nah, we're talking good. every four or five years you know we just talk you know it's all good no nah, no nah, absolutely i admire your work as well so now talk to me let's 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 talk COVID 2020 you know it, it, you know in you know we're coming up here in new york city we're really coming up on a year and it's you know yeah. it's so mentally draining to, to keep your guard up for that long in terms of mask and washing hands and social distancing. 
And, you know, now, the you know, the, the rest of the country kind of got a little later as it, you know, as it spread in waves. Um, but, you know, talk to me about 2020 um, in the restaurant industry from a restaurant and real estate point of view. It's been a it's it's a purge. You know, I'm I'm running around. I'm getting calls every day trying to save as many restaurants as I can um, in Harlem and Brooklyn and what in D.C. and uh, Baltimore. How did it? How did? How has COVID impacted you positively or negatively? Actually, it kind of. I've gotten a little busier, but now my rates. I can't charge. You know, my high end Jason Wallace rate shit. Right. So a lot of my work now is advocacy. Like I'm just helping people with a free consultation and say, oh, "Wow, you know, what's you know, what's your burn rate?" People were asking, "What's their burn rate?" It's like, what does that mean? Like they don't even understand. Like how fast are you burning through cash? You know what I mean? Mm. And the ability to even calculate what that is. Say, well, I'm sitting on 60 days worth of money. I'm sitting on 90 days. So I'm at that point now where that's all I'm trying to do is help, you know, black restaurants, uh, independent restaurants survive this COVID. So as a result, I've been busy. How about yourself? Has COVID impacted you negatively or positively? Um, I would say positively. Uh, Just to go back a little bit. Um, last year was a very hard year for me financially. Last year, meaning um, 19 or 20? Uh, 19. 19, okay. Uh, 19, because at some point, to be very transparent, all of that um, busy energy, you know, you can be so busy, but you're not getting anything done. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. And I was, I was doing the television things, some great gigs. You know, I lectured uh, just to give people reference uh, for Wisconsin University. First class, you know, being called in for some auditions at Netflix. All of that busyness is going on that I was taking on this business and didn't keep my eye on the prize, mm-hmm. which is the finances in the sense of, okay, this is you making some momentum in a lot of ways in the sense of um, um, getting your brand reach out there. Right. But how are you making money? And so last year financially was a very tight year other than my teaching because I teach at CUNY as well mm-hmm. um, in their um graduate program for um, urban food and development. So that's the work that I was doing in there. So again, busy, Mm -hmm. but what is the business model? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you converting that over into revenue? You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm a creative and I kept saying, as long as the creative part is flowing and I'm okay, I'm not worried about money. God is gonna bring the money. I just need to be patient and (laughs) da, 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 da. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Once you get a certain age and you've been in this for a while, you better start thinking about your money, people. Absolutely. And and call in to Jason and make that happen. That's exactly, I'm that guy. I'm that guy saying, listen, are you converting these over, these potential deals over into revenue or not? Yes or no? See, to me, that sounds like wah, 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 wah. (laughs) Let me be creative. Let me cook. Let the people love me. Let the lights come. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I was. But last year was that kind of year where I sat down and asked myself, what was the business model? Not only did I I, I ask, but I started to be a studier, you know, beyond the education. Think and Grow Rich really was the book that really propelled my my train of thought. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I come from the church world. So, and it's not been everybody experience, but in, in our world, God would take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, um, the, your gift would make room for you. So mm-hmm. I've never really come from a strong numbers game. What about the money? So I think that's why so many black restaurants fail because we go in because we got a good sauce or a good fried chicken or mm-hmm. a good, or a good idea, mm-hmm. but you don't really put the number and the capital behind it, of yep. course, with all the reasons and they fail and, and that can be very hurtful. So to all my restaurateurs out there, to all my caterers, you know, my prayers are with you because we will recover from this. But however, being because of COVID, it really made me sit down and say, what is the business model? Right. And I'm telling you, now, it's a hard conversation to have with yourself to really believe in what you're passionate about. Yep. So I had a conversation probably made around May after I gained 15 pounds mm-hmm. um, after COVID. I gained about 15 pounds from like April, from March 17th is when they shut everything down yeah, yep, to yep. about May, May 25th, which is my birthday. I gained like 15 pounds. Wow. And I was like, all right, that's enough for the pity party. Yeah, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together. <laughs> what's the business? What's, what's the business model? Yeah. And I really sat down and I was like, it didn't. My mind started going back. Oh, were well, you really good at catering? I mean, you're really good at catering. That came across. I said, yeah, but are you passionate about it? Right. 
Hit me, hit me out, Jason. Then I was like, oh, okay. Then I'll go back to food salad. That was sort of my first love. Let me da da da. So I was like, yeah, you could do that. And that's good. And you did your cookbooks and you did that. But are you passionate about it? Mm-hmm. No, not really. Mm-hmm. All right. And then it came back to my first thing, which was I'm really, really good on television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so what I wrote down, um, I just got my notice from the IRS because it's certified now, my happier and healthier life network. I'm starting my own network. Okay. And because I want to create a network for all of these services in one place where you can get where we because it really isn't about the food. Right. It's about the space you create. Right. So my brand is going to be about the food, the lifestyle and the sound, the sound of black music, the sound and everything and, and having all of that service in one space. Wow. So I'm really glad about about that. That made me get solid about my, you, you know, I'm getting my C-Corp together and doing the business and doing it right. Right. Um, and then I got a, I got the PP loan as well. Gotcha. So this is to all the people out there is important to have your paperwork yeah. in place and yep. be legit. Yep. So when that check came, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, uh, be honest, that's what I'm. That's what I'm keeping thriving off of right yeah. now, and I'm ready for them to drop that second amount. Yeah. You know what I mean? That second go around. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I smiled at myself because I was smart enough to have my paperwork in paperwork place. Paperwork in place to put in line, and that loan is what is infused what what, what I'm doing now, yeah. which is a TV show uh, that I'm probably in talks with 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 some some big production companies, and I take that on March 13th. 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th, and um, got an album coming out next month. Next month, what? Yes, what? On Sony? Was yes, you, I'm was... not playing. Oh, not playing. Oh my not playing, goodness. man. Uh, yeah, are you, are you... I did. Not to cut y'all. It's just no, about yeah. being faithful. If yeah. I did not say that again, it's about being faithful. Yeah. Once I made up my mind what the brand was—food, music, and lifestyle—and yeah. not just and really believed in that and wrote it down on paper and set a plan. That's when the PP money came. Yeah. That's when this opportunity to say, you know, I did a show and they was like, we love what you do. Would you be interested in doing six episodes with us? Right. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And when the, when I did the album, the song, I just went to the studio because for years people have been telling me to record. And I was just like, oh, you, you get barred down with the weight of putting together a whole album. Right. And I never really had that time. That time. But right. COVID now I do. Right. So I went in there and I said, you know what, Kenny? Commit to one song. Right. I heard God say, commit to one song. Right. Found some producers out in Jersey, produced the song, and then another buddy was like, we love it, shot the video, let me send it to Sony and let me see what they think. Wow. Here we are. Wow. Here we are. Wow. Congratulations on all of that. And you said, when's when's the album drop? March? So are you dropping a single or are you dropping an album? I'm I'm dropping a single. And so actually it was supposed to drop in January, but now that Sony's on board, they will. They want to push it back to February because they want to put their weight behind it. Because yeah. I was just going to do my, you know, independent artist kind of approach to right, it. You know, right. CD Baby and all that. Right. It was like, nah, we yeah. got you. Yeah, they put some muscle <laughs> and some money behind it. Yeah, they wow. put some money behind it. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, that's 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 a beautiful thing. So, that's 19 and 20 COVID. So, talk to me about 2021. What else is the plan? For your brand, eBrand, and what is eBrand? Tell 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 us one. You hold on. You mentioned about some books. You wrote some yeah. books, book or books? Yeah, I have two books. So you want to yeah, tell yeah. my listeners about how, where they can find your book? Yes, you can find um, From My Plate to Yours, Lunch Fix. Um, at on um, It's on Amazon. And uh, I got a smoothie book called Everyday Smoothie. Um, and that's on my website on chefkenny.com, and you can get that. And that will be in hard copy next month, too. So I'm coming back out with the hard copy of the smoothie book, coming with the taping of the show with the, with the album, and um, I really, my, my prayer is that I get out of my own way mm-hmm. for mm. 2021. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. That I get out of my own way because I believe you and all your listeners who, who are watching this and listening to this is that you are more powerful than you really know. Right. The power that you have for your next restaurant um, idea concept, which I have too. We talked about that, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Put that in the atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is this is leading to a uh, this is leading to a restaurant, but we talk about this that later. Yeah, it was Um, was some long conversations. Oh, that's long conversations. (laughs) Yeah, 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 because just a little side note right here to put plant this out, so we have this on tape. Where do people like Kelly Price and Kenny Lattimore and um, the Gap Band? Where do these people perform? 
You understand? Where do those, you know, in vogue and, and, and new edition, Johnny Gill and all, where do those talented people get to perform in one space? So my goal is to create a, a, a network between um, Atlanta, New York, and uh, maybe in Charlotte to have a circuit where singers and performers can come and sing on different stages at one rate and one pay, sort of in the spirit of House of Blues. Wow. That's what I want to create. Yeah. That's what I'm going to create. So, wow. That's wow. It. We, get, we so. need some claps on that, Marvin. Let me get the, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is, man. Yeah, yeah this guy's yeah, yeah, yeah. so much vision, oh, yeah. so much talent, so much energy, so much passion. So I can understand you saying getting out of your own way. Is, get out uh, in my own way, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, black people, uh, especially black people, tend to deal with this imposter syndrome mm. in a sense of who I, who am I, how dare I believe, or, you know, it's not, I'm not good enough. And so on top of trying to find capital. Capital, resources, yeah, other resources. And resources yeah, and yeah. everything to yeah. contend with that who am I kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you've gone through that, but I, I certainly did. Yeah. And so you, once you move that out of the way and, and see how God ushers in resources for you, once yeah. you put a step into it, it ain't going to just come to you people. Right. You got to put in the work. You have to put in the networking. You have to go to school. You have to put in the hours. But once you do, God will meet you there. And, 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 and it's possible. That's yeah. all the things I try to do through 2020 and 21 and beyond. It's a universal message for everybody. You are possible. Got you, got you. And, and really get people to believe in that. Oh, it's going to be huge, man. It's yeah. going to be huge. You I already know. Here. I already know. I already know, man. <laughs> yeah, you hear them gunshots? Listen, man, I already believe. I already know how you do. And, you know, like you say, um, you know, I am that guy. My brand itself is like I just try to give people the truth and remove their emotions. And quite often the egos, like you said, you get in the way. Um, most people won't even admit they need a consultant or want a consultant. Um, so, you know, for me, it's always like pulling teeth. I'm always arguing with architects on design and restaurants because they don't understand the functionality of space. They understand form. And somewhere form has to meet function, but the first priority is mm. is, is functionality. Hold on, hold on. Tweet, tweet. Wait a minute. I like that. That's what we say. At some point, yeah. form yeah. has yeah. to meet functionality functionality that's yeah, good because you know a, a space has to function first right because there's raw materials and people there's equipment there's all these other things before you get to oh i want these curtains because they came from a broadway play off of les miserables right and i paid you know fifteen thousand dollars for curtains but you only want to buy a five hundred dollar deep fryer like what the fuck is that <laughs> you yes. know what i mean like that yes. deep fryer is going to pay for itself in 10 months you know what I mean? Yes. Where those curtains is just, you know, they, they're never going to cook a steak. They're never going to cook anything else. But, you know, mm. I, I, I'm always trying to convince people and, and show them that put your money in quality assets that going to yeah. give you a return on your investment instead of, you know, sound systems and, and, and fancy chairs and play. That stuff is important. But you Bells know, and but yeah, yeah it, it's not it's not the core of really how we're going to make money and build wealth from this food service game. So, from from a health and wellness point of view, let's talk about building wealth, and then we're going to segue. We'll, we'll wrap up um, in terms of you know just letting people know who you are. How, how do they get in touch with you? Um, do you still have these products? I mean, I I see you out there. On the internet, you know, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's my sexy black friend right there. be killing him out there. <laughs> you be doing the smooth ball head thing and all. Them arms be all jacked up with the muscles and shit. I'm like, yeah, that's my man right there. <laughs> so I, I, know you got the, I know you got a sexy following because I'll oh. be, be checking you, obviously. You be on if you're in the film, if you're, I see you in, 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 um, in the videos. You be just doing your thing. And I'm like, that's my man right there. And he pan across and be a bunch that. of. A bunch of women over there just looking and trying to cook. Yes. Right? So talk to me about, you know, where you're going with that and the, the economics. Like, okay, where does this brand, like right. intellectual properties, right? It's important for me. Jason, to, yes, to, keep talking. To, to tell, you know, entrepreneurs like you, own your own intellectual properties, right? Your name, your brand. You're talking about pots and pans. You're talking about seasons and sauces. You're talking about uniforms, you know, book deals. These are all the things that actually build wealth. Because at some point in time, you know, we're getting older. And, 
you know, we can't do all the things that we need to do. We can't be all the places that we need to be. But that intellectual property is huge and the ability to be able to create that business plan and execute that. So talk to me economically about how, you know, how the chef can build wealth and, and, and going forward in this health and wellness industry. As you're talking, I'm here, ain't no stopping us now. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing, like, in my spirit, because I agree. Yeah. Intellectual property, so the books and everything, I'm going to give you a little fly on the wall with my conversation with the label on just last night mm-hmm. to tell you this. And how I was, I was trying to get them to ask them, even to have the fortitude to ask them, how do you see me? Because mm-hmm. I'm not your typical artist, mm-hmm. new artist coming into a thing. I'm coming, you branded me as Chef Kenny. That is the brand. All right. So Chef Kenny Miner. So if that's the brand, how do you see me as a food and brand? Because all that's important. And I, and, and I hit you with this. Uh, Bobby Flay is worth $30 million. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, Rachel Ray is worth $80 million. Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, Guy Fieri mm-hmm. is worth um, $25 million. Mm-hmm. OK. I looked up Marcus Samuelson, $5 million. Mm-hmm. That is the big difference social distance gap between that money right and he is (laughs) (laughs) it's disrespectful we're laughing but this shit is not fucking funny (laughs) not funny man granted and marcus is out there killing them with restaurants he's in the same places as he is doing his thing and he's still only at five million now i'm not gonna poo poo on five million Mm. But when you got Rachel Ray making annually $60 million a year, that wasn't just her. She makes that annually through all her distributions and deals and everything. And then it, the big part to your word is intellectual property. And so it's, it's important to me that I hold on to my master mm-hmm. in, a port, in the sense of this deal for mm-hmm. the Sony. So we're going to share in the master. Mm-hmm. So that's important to me. Um, my my cookbooks, I self-produced that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, one more time, time note. Um, when Because um, I've been studying a lot of, because you got to study yourself to be approved. So I've been watching a lot of the old shows of Emerald, mm-hmm. because that's the format I'm probably going to be in mm-hmm. for the show. Mm-hmm. And Emerald went on to sell his brand to Martha Stewart Inc. for $45 million mm-hmm. in 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that encompasses his books, his Preach. thing, everything. My point is, that we as African-Americans, I asked all of my friends, name me one household named Black Chef. Mm-hmm. And they could not right. name one household named Black Chef. Right. And I asked, and then of course, New Yorkers would say Marcus, but Marcus isn't a household name. He's a New York name and maybe a few beyond in the food. Yeah. My point to that is we're not even allowed in the game. Yeah, no. Do you understand what I, I'm saying? Let me bitch a little bit. Here we I, go. Because I, what I, <laughs> I hear you go, brother. Go, go. We're go. not even allowed in the game. Yes, we can get the segment on a show. Mm-hmm. You know, even call the Hall's deal with Food Network. Mm-hmm. Food Network could have easily just given her a show. What it says is call a Hall with a production deal. She'll be throughout our brand. That's not a TV show. Mm. Get that woman a TV show. She's putting in her work. Mm. So, I, again, even Food Network has produced all those millionaires that I just mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Not one of those black folks came out of that brand a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Big Daddy House. Mm-hmm. Down Home with the Neely. Mm-hmm. Sonny Anderson. Is that all we got after 20 years mm-hmm. of, of, of food? Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to play their game, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play their game. I'm not going to get a game. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, who is this dude? Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is do this from a network, from a Tyler Perry Byron Island approach, which is I'm going to own my freaking content. Absolutely. All right. That is the content in which I'm doing deals with. You come to the table differently Absolutely. when you're negotiating. So, for 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 example, um, everybody kept saying, "Oh, you don't need to do six episodes of your show. Just do a treatment, or just do one episode with your iPhone. Just let them see." Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm doing six produced episodes on my with my production team and through my company, yep. and then that is the deal that I'm taking to. Uh, TNT or anybody else who want to do content. Absolutely. You have to own your own content. I'm building wealth through those through those measures, through my cookbooks. I got some trail mix coming out. Yeah, yeah, I'm on fire now. You're not you're not gonna get me. I got I'm good. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I'm good. That's what we do here at Hidden Figures behind the numbers at with the restaurant scientists. We have candid conversations for black food service professionals by black food service professionals because we need to really talk about the systemic racism and, you know, and, and, and other issues that, you know, I believe there might even be a class action lawsuit out there if some civil attorney wants to take that up. You know, I'll have it on my plate that the Food Network basically 
systematically excluded blacks from opportunities starting in 1995. You know, so and we've had not, talk. Yeah, yeah. This you know we've talked about that, and this is not like you can have mul- you can have the same conversation with multiple chefs who are you know over 40 that can tell you uh, about the experiences that they had. So, Chef Kenny, yeah. I mean, but you know, but you, but you're right. I mean, we have to take ownership. And, you know, we're un- unapologetic about being black, about being great chefs, great food service operators, great restaurant tours, great restaurant consultants, designers, all of those things. And, um, you know, th- the time has truly come. I'm actually going down to to uh, to Georgia in a couple of weeks and meet with Chef Matthew Rayford, who's doing some farming down there. He's growing mm-hmm. some great That's products. Cool. There's some other great black farmers down there that we're going to we're going to we're going to connect with. So, um yeah, the time is now, and I think that's actually the good thing about, you know, whether it's COVID or 2020, that there is an appetite now for these types of things that, you know, I was saying in 1990, basically, yeah. uh, 95, um, that, you know, no one really didn't have an appetite for. But, you know, blazing that trail like you're doing and like we've been doing together for many years, you know, we, we're out there alone. So that's just part of our journey. Um, but you know yeah. we we we're, we're built for this shit. You know what I'm saying? We're built for this. We're man. built, we're built we ain't for scared. this. motherfuckers can't take nothing from me. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> hey, you ain't gave me shit. There ain't nothing for you to take from me. And this is bigger than me. You know what I mean? It's bigger than me. So yeah, that was drop the fucking mic type mom. Yeah, so you, just, <laughs> you got me. You got me going, chef. You got me going. So because uh, we got it. you got to have that intellectual property, man. I wish yeah. they taught that in school, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> No, they teach us to be chefs, and that's good. But this business yeah. side and what you bring to the table, yeah. um, and then especially that racial component. You know, I'm I'm two ways on yeah. on racial. I don't know how much time we got, but I'm really good on the sense of acknowledging the racism yeah. in the business and understanding that. I probably probably at all this time, almost what I've been doing it 17 years. I would be lucky to be a sous chef in a, in a high end restaurant <laughs> by this time. Lucky, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if that would have done so far, and so I think what African Americans. Uh, we have this uncanny ability to uh, to transform, right. to elevate, and to bring something new to the market yeah. that then has to get their attention. Absolutely, you know, for 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 them to come to the table. Right. And um, um, I'm just going to do I'm going to do my part. Right. Nah. Sounds good. Sounds good. So we got a few minutes to wrap up. So let's just make sure that people can get access to you. Um, Facebook, Instagram, email. Telephone. How do people get in touch with Chef Ken Meyer? Uh, you can definitely hit me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Chef Kenny Miner of the same name. Um, and then you, ChefKenny.com, you, I have the books, connects you to what the message is about, about living a happier and healthier life, because it really is about creating a space for that. So how do we do that systematically? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm always, as next year comes, you're just going to be seeing me everywhere <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to, I'm going to put in the work to make sure you, to make sure you do. Absolutely. And, um, and really hopefully um, make my people proud because I really think that there, there is a season for little boys and little girls to see somebody cooking on television that looks like them. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely, Chef. You know? Thank you. Thank you. So as we wind down, anything else you want to put out there that we didn't touch on? Um, well, you know, just, 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 just bring us home, Chef. What do you got? I, tell you, I, I, I bring you home. Uh, create the space for the life you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want people to take that in. If that's the last thing you have to say, to really that you have the power right. to create the space from your finances to your business model to your restaurant, um, getting capital. Now, it, 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 money attracts money, mm-hmm. and so now that I have some money and got some staying in play, it's funny to me, Jason. Now, how many people are hitting me up mm-hmm. uh, and and it's saying <laughs> the next thing you do, we want to give you some money. You it's it's it just money follows money. Money follows energy. Absolutely. So yes, you know, talk about the, the statistic and all of those important, so you know where you stand. But create the space for the life you want, whether that be your health whether that be your family life or wanting to be married or having healthy relationships around you, start with the food on your plate because that is the source of your energy. 
My man. Wow. Okay. Well, again, I want to thank Chef Ken Miner for coming on the show. Um, I, you see, I got my I got my smoothie here. Uh, my protein shake. About you want it? Yeah, you know how we do, brother. I want to thank Cornerstone Business Labs, Cornerstone Production, and Cornerstone Media. Um, you've had, you've experienced another episode, phenomenal episode, featuring Chef Ken Miner here at Hidden Figures Behind the Numbers with the Restaurant Scientists. Until we meet again, power to the people. Ken, you still there? He left. Yeah. Oh, okay. You think so, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so too, man. We would, and he, and, and you know, it's it's good because, like, the shit that he's saying, like, I don't have to just be the bad guy. Like I'm saying, like, this is coming from other people. It's like, huh? Oh, okay, Casey Jenkins. I told him ten, uh, eleven fifteen. But if you want to take a break, we can. If not, I'm, I can I can keep rolling. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I can go to red. All right. Yeah, that was hot right there. Yo, that was hot, man. Hey, my, my producer said, yo, that was the best episode you've done so far. <laughs> yeah, that was hot. Because like, we was, you know what I mean? Just Like I say, we just need to be real. Like, we sitting in our living room just having a conversation. And that just it, that just makes it, you know, that that type of, you know, production, man. That was, that was good shit. So I just want to call you and thank you, man. And, uh. Yeah. Yeah, nah. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, peace. Hey, Jason. Can What's you hear up? me? I can hear you, yup. Yeah, I, the only bad part about it, it looks like my video's not working on here, so I'm going to video through the phone, all right? Okay, no problem. We got a couple of minutes. Uh, we just got finished wrapping up another episode. So we're just running to the restroom right quick. So we're just going to take a little. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I always try to log in early just for stuff like this. Yeah, no, it's cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm, you know, I've been looking at this show. I'm like, yeah, hey, he looked like he might be ready for O or something. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. We, um, you know, we just. Uh, we, you know, we, 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 we having grown folks conversation by black folks for black mm -hmm. folks. You know what I mean? From food service professionals. And you got to, it says, you got to let me in. It says, please wait. The meeting host will let you in soon. Yeah. That's my producer. He went to the, uh, that's producer. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. He went to the restroom right quick. We just gotcha. so let me in. trying to get a little protein oh. shake in. We doing Ready back to back to shows. Normally we do one show a day, but. You said a day? Yeah, normally we just do one. I do one show, one one show a week. Mm -hmm. But um, this week I'm actually doing three shows because of people's availability, you know, because yeah. we're getting close to Christmas. And by the time, you know, we edit them, so we don't we don't even drop them. Like, I got, this is your episode nine. Mm -hmm. So I got seven other episodes done. So we drop one episode a week, so. We got we got enough episodes to drop, you know, every like we're about five weeks ahead, four or five weeks ahead. 
oddly enough, we're going to, um, I'm going to be reformatting mine, you know, and because we've been, we are, we're on Roku now too. So, okay. but we haven't, we've been, I've been treating it more like just an extracurricular activity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I might, after, after watching you, I might want to take it a little bit more serious, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, I was just asked to do mine because of, um, you know, I have a couple of political contacts and, you know, everybody was like, oh, let's get this person. Let's get that person. And we did. So it was, uh, it, it was, a. Uh, I love politics as well as you knew from years ago. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. You're good at it. Uh, I don't know how good I am at it, but uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. Keeps me in trouble. <laughs> well, um, yeah, today was the mayoral inauguration. That's why I was running a little late. Oh, okay. Well, you still got the. There's a black female mayor down in Baltimore, right? No, you're no. Nah, our last two black female mayors, three black female mayors, stayed in trouble. Sheila Dixon <laughs> got caught time for the gift card scandal. Um, Stephanie Rawlings Blake was the one that was during that whole riot situation. And then um, Catherine Pugh was the one that just got uh, sent to fed, federal prison for uh, those books for money. What the fuck? I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, nah. this is a new cat, youngest mayor in Baltimore history. Brian, I mean, um, Brandon Scott. Brandon's a good kid. I watch him come up through the ranks. Um, you know, he's 35 years old, just turned 35. Mm -hmm. And you know, we'll we'll see what happens with this thing with him. Okay, so how do, you, how do you want, what title, what, how do you want me to introduce you? Uh, you know, most people just know me as chef, but you know, you can Casey Jenkins, I'm the owner of J&H Hospitality Group. J&H Hospitality, Hospitality in Group. Baltimore, Maryland. Yep, Baltimore, Maryland. All right, cool. Um, all right, let me, let me just, I'm going to run to the Hospitality Group and just type it in. Um, let me just run, I'm going to run to the restroom, I'll be right back. All right. All right. 